Hey, what's up guys? Zayo from 48 Detailing and welcome back to our YouTube channel and podcast. Now, it's been a while. If you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, you might have previously known us as Carnuba Detailing Podcast and a lot has changed since then. New company, new branding, new awesome people within the company as well and a lot of growth during that time. And today, we're jumping back into our podcast because I finally have a little bit more time to focus on content creation for you guys and do this type of thing. And we are joined today with Cody Bryce. Now, Cody is an automotive detailer who just purchased, or not purchased, just started leasing his first shop location. And it's a super exciting time for him. And he's seen where we were in the past when we started as a company, where we are right now, and how we progress so quickly to where we are right now. And he had a lot of questions regarding how we got to where we are. And that's exactly what we're gonna be going over in this podcast. We're gonna be going over SOPs, employees, just general business practices that we have put into place to kind of progress our business in a very short period of time and kind of go over also personal weaknesses and personal flaws and how to grow as a person and build character and build value in yourself as a business owner. So I really hope you guys enjoy the rest of this video and podcast. If you have any questions at all, make sure to let us know. And also remember, hit that subscribe and like button because if you can't support us, it's going to be more difficult for us to support you. So hit that subscribe button, hit that like and notification button, and we'll talk soon. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Zaya from 48 Detailing, and welcome to the 48 Detailing Podcast. I'm joined with Cody. Feel free to introduce yourself, man. Hey, what's up, guys? My name's Cody Brace. Uh, I own Brace Automotive Specialties. We're a detailing company based out of... Uh, Pennsylvania specifically like the Erie Pennsylvania area and yeah awesome man well well thank you so much now um bit of a story behind how me and Cody met Cody actually reached out to us on Instagram and Facebook um and he, he was really appreciative about the work we do on there and you know um was very supportive about it as well and was kind of curious on if you can ask a few questions um, regarding business and detailing and stuff like that, well, I told Cody, how about we just do a podcast about it, you know, and share share his questions and share our answers with everybody else as well. Um, I think I certainly believe Cody's not going to be the only one with these questions and looking for these types of answers. So why not just share it with everybody? So I got the questions over here in front of me, but Cody, feel free to go through whatever questions you have. Um, just a bit of background about me. I am the co-founder of 48 Detailing in Surprise, Arizona. Um, we are um, the third highest rated automotive detailing company in Phoenix Valley area right now currently. Um, and we've only been around for a short period of time. Um, and I think Cody mentioned that as well. So I really appreciate your support um, with that. And, you know, Cody, I've been keeping up with your live streams. I've been keeping up with your stories and everything like that. And congratulations on the shop. Okay. Oh, thank you, man. That's, yeah. that's pretty freaking exciting. I remember when I got my shop location, I went from busting my ass in 120 degree sun, uh, Arizona, doing mobile details to actually getting in a shop. So it's real, really exciting. So congratulations on that, my man. You want actually tell us a little bit about that maybe your history in the detailing realm and you know where you are right now. Yeah. Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate that. It's definitely kind of stressful in my head, everything going on, especially moving while still doing work um, at where we're currently at, but we're not moving too far away. Uh, I always like to say nothing ever goes to plan, I guess, yeah. like how you, how you think it'll go in your head. And the plan was to get a shop next year and really uh, just expand more. Um, 
but actually a cousin of mine that owns a body shop reached out to me and said, uh, pretty much asked me if you'd be looking for a space anytime soon. I said, really next year, like I'm not looking to do anything right now. And then he's like, well, you should come see this space. And it's actually connected to the building they're in. And um, like, I went over and checked it out and I was like, okay, this is the spot. I'm not going to find anything better than this, like then from what I've seen so far. And I just had to jump on it. And I knew that once I get in there and make the leap, like I'm going to make it happen one way or another. And so now we're just in the moving process, trying to order stuff up to get it prepped and get the space ready for detailing cars. And then yeah. just get in there and then we'll do the aesthetics and make it look all nice and whatever like that. Cool. So I plan to be in there within like two weeks. Nice, uh, two man. weeks. Yeah. That's a speedy process right there. So I got a question for you, man, during that, that moment, right you know, making that big decision, what was going through your head? What were you specifically thinking about? You know, you seem like a pretty young guy. Um, I know risk involved with business ownership and entrepreneurial investments is a lot less when you're younger compared to yeah. when you're older, but what was going on throughout your mind? Cause I know a lot of people don't talk about this, but anxiety and stress and, you know, fear and sometimes even doubt about owning a business and doing what we do comes into play. Um, do you have any advice for maybe some other newer people out there, or maybe people that are thinking about making a switch from being mobile to shop base, um, to help out with taking that, that leap forward, that initial step to build that momentum? Yeah, I guess that question, a lot, a lot's going through my mind with you just asking that question. So yeah. I don't know. I'm always, a, I'm always learning and educating. <laughs> thinking myself. about all that stuff right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to educate myself every single day between listening to podcasts and reading books and strengthening your mind. So then you can go perform your best. And at least from what I've heard from so many other successful people, it's like fear is never going to go away. You just got to learn how to like dive in head first okay. and figure it out along the way. So definitely in my head, like I was saying a little bit ago, I didn't feel that I was ready for that. And I mm. still don't even know that I feel I'm hundred percent ready yet. Um, but I know, that I'm going to make it happen when I get in there. And it does help, um, like, especially having an emergency fund built up as well as like business financials built up uh, that I've worked on. Like, I really don't, thankfully, I don't have a lot of financial needs right now. So I like to keep my needs low so I can just reinvest back into the business. Mm -hmm. And so I have a cushion there. So say I, even if I had no business for six months, I could pay the rent and still get by and like, be in there and make stuff happen but i know that's like worst case scenario and there's no no way i'm not going to have any business so um i i just have faith i'm not really a religious person but i just have faith that everything's going to work out like in the end yeah uh, everything happens for a reason and i'm just uh, a glass half full kind of guy so for sure um, I know even if every, everything went down and was the worst it could possibly be, like I'm going to learn something from it and come back even stronger from that. So nice, bro. That's, that's a good mentality to have. Now I, I, I actually wrote down just a few things. I, I love taking notes and you know, what, what I got from that right there for sure is that you have, like you said, you have the faith, whether, whether you're a religious person, at least you have faith in yourself and your own being right. For me, man, what I read from that right there was you have the confidence, but also the financial backing and the preparation to back that confidence up. Yeah, I think that's very, very important because, you know, we're, we're in like um, a generation of, you know, manifesting dreams and, you know, 
and have be confident in yourself and your skills and your talents. Well, here's the thing that is all fine and dandy, but it needs to be matched and backed with the actual legitimacy of preparing for that confidence, right? Confidence is great, but if you don't have the money to back it up, like you said, being prepared for any financial hardships in the future, like you said, you have a nice little safety barrier that you're working with. That's just as important as the confidence because confidence can only take you so far and you're going to get hit in the face sooner or later, or, you know, business might fail or whatever it may be, but you need to make sure you prepare for it as well. And like you said, you can't be ready for it hundred percent, but at least you can be prepared. And that's yeah. the best we can do at the end of the day. So yeah. no, so I, I, I really like that, my man. So yeah, I mean, when I, when I opened up shop, when I was currently detailing at the time, um, I did the same thing. I, I made sure that I had enough saved up for my personal expenses for eight months a year, but also to keep my business expenses going for eight months a year after I opened up shop. Right. And that might seem daunting to a lot of people like eight months a year. That's a lot of money. Well, at the end of the day, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And I'm, I'm sure you're the same type of guy as well. Um, but also keeping in mind that that confidence that we were just talking about, like we're, we're going to make this happen. And I love that terminology, make it happen. I say it all the time. I hate when people say, I'll try, I'll try my best, you know, no, just, just make it happen. Just exactly. get it done already. There is no trying when, when you set terminology as trying into the realm of conversation, I already know you're not giving it a hundred percent. Yeah. You're, you're, you're already applying doubt to the conversation of accomplishing your ambitions or your dreams or whatever it is, you know? So I love how you said, I'll make it happen. For sure, know? man. Do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, there is no try. If you're already thinking about plan B, you're not going to accomplish plan A, most likely, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I, I, li I like your mentality behind that. Do you listen to Andy Frisella, MFCEO, by any chance? I sure do. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of vibes like that off of you right now. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's intense. I've been listening to him for a few months now, since like probably February, like his podcast, Real Aft. And, um, yeah, he he gets me amped up, man. Yeah, for sure. No, he's he's a really motivating type of guy. And the same thing. He has confidence in himself, but he has the stuff to back it up with, you know? Yeah, for sure. Cool, my man. Well, thank you for answering that question. I really appreciate yeah. it. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck when it comes to a new shop. There's going to be a lot of um, uh, barriers that you're going to have to get past. A lot of new experiences that you're going to learn, you know? Um, I know you weren't mobile before this, right? You have, you were working in a garage for the most part. Yeah. So I actually, uh, since I started really, I'm very thankful to, or my, my dad owns a large garage where I've grown up at. I still yeah. live with my parents. Um, I'm 22 years old for anyone that wants to know. And, uh, both my parents are entrepreneurs. So that's kind of how I got that mindset and entrepreneurial vibe and kickstart. So that's helped, but I now rent half or just one bay of that garage from him and run my shop out of there full time right now. Um, so five days a week and sometimes Saturdays and Sundays, but uh, yeah, I've been blessed to have a shop pretty much this whole time. I have done some mobile work, but I've found that it was not my forte. I didn't, I don't particularly like doing mobile work, um, but I've just been honestly blessed and I'm super grateful that I have uh, the shop space that I do now, but now that we're moving, I'm even more blessed and thankful. Uh, but I know I just see other, these mobile detailers, like even yourself and other people that I follow, like out there grinding every day. And I'm like, man, 
I'm, it just makes me more thankful for what I have because it's so easy to get caught up in what you have and be like, oh man, I could have it so much better. But I know, like you said, out where you're at, 120 degree days, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm like freaking out, not freaking out, but uh, just like sweating my ass off when it's 80 degrees in our garage. And then I think about people like where you were at and I, yeah, it's just, I just don't whine or complain because I know I have it good already. And um, someone always has it worse than, than you do in anything in life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But there's always someone that has it better as well. Yeah. And that's the thing, uh, you know, I took down that, you know, you're, you're very thankful for what you have and where you are right now, but I'm sure there's that, that, that hunger inside of you to do better. You know, of course I've always, I've always been that type of person where I'm, it's very difficult to keep me satisfied with anything, you know, like I'm, I'm never satisfied with myself. I'm rarely satisfied with the people that I'm surrounded by half the time, sadly. Um, and you know, it's, it's a curse. You lose a lot of people with that mentality throughout your life. Um, but it's also a blessing at the same time, you know, but I've been working on myself to be grateful for what I have. And I wish, I wish I was in your position to be as thankful and as grateful for, for the stuff that I, I'll be completely honest and admitful. I'm not, I'm just not, I look at what I have and I'm like, this is nothing. I don't like it. I don't want it. I want to do better every single day. And again, that's awesome. But man, it, it, it kills you once in a while. It really, it really, really yeah. does, you know? And it's sadly, say again, my man. It's like a fire inside of you. It's, you want it's, to do better every day, but. It's, it's yeah. a fire. It's a fire, but it's a wildfire sometimes. And sadly, like I've, I've noticed it spread across multiple areas of my life, not just work, not just money or finances or cars, but also family, friends, that type of thing. And like I said, it's, 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 it's something I'm working on, something that that is a problem, but also a plus as well. Um, and I got to dial it in. But I, I, I appreciate your thankfulness that you have towards the things that you have currently, the people in your life and, um, you know, and, and, and looking up to others and also looking to others that are in other positions that are not where you are right now and keeping that motivation, that motivation, keeping you going as well, in a way, you know? Yeah, man, I appreciate that. That's cool. Well, bro, I really appreciate the little background on you, where you are right now, where you were before. Um, I'm also, um, you know, I really respect the fact that you're very open. You're open with your age. You're 22 years old, man. That's freaking awesome. You know, let's be honest. Most guys your age are not doing what you're doing. Okay. I started when I was around 22, 21 years old. You know, I'm 24 right now to put it in perspective. So there's a lot that you can get done in a very short period of time. And I tell people this, and to be honest with you, I, I, I can, I can see you getting, getting places with this, my man, because I see the motivation, the smile on your face when you do your videos and your content and everything. And people out there, if you haven't watched this guy already, watch him. If you're having a bad day, just watch him for like five minutes. It's going to make it a better day for you. Okay. But I see it in you, my man. And I tell people this every time because, you know, I've ran into times where people kind of, scoff at age you know like you get your adult customers or older guys and they realize oh you're only 23 22 24 years old but it's not about the 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 year of the car it's about the mileage that's being put into it you know if you're really grinding you can catch up with a lot of people in a very short period of time and you look up you're 25 years old you're being surrounded by 35 40 year olds and you're at the same level they are you know exactly i mean think, think about it right now where you are right now your friends from high school 
how many of them do you see? Do you hang out with? Do you talk to that are at your level right now? Not a single one. Not a single one. Not a single one. And that's the thing, man. It's 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 a it's so true when they say it's a lonely road to success. It is. But you know what brings me satisfaction, man? And you know, <laughs> I heard this quote from a fucking rap artist. Excuse my language. I think it was Drake. He said, "That's why a school bus got thirty seats, but a Bugatti only got one extra seat." You know. Yeah. But that's that's how it is, man. That's that's how it is. Now, um, you know, sometimes we get caught up in, in that idea, but we also have to remember success is success. You want to share your success with others too. Success means nothing if you don't have the right people to share it with. So it's like finding yeah. that balance. But yeah, man, I'm super excited for you because you're young. I know you're passionate about what you do. And I think you're in the right direction. You're, you're taking your detailing as an art, as a passion. But I think you're moving more and more towards the business aspect of things. And I think you're going to have to a lot more. And we're going to talk about this right now um, is focusing on the business just as much or even more than the art of detailing as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, I got the questions in front of me. If you want to ask them away, I can go ahead and shoot you with some answers. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I guess in short, real quick for you, Zaya. Yeah. I'm just, I guess for anyone listening as well. I found Zaya probably three or four years ago when I was like not even fully in business. And then when I first reached out to him, I, uh, it was one night I was for some reason on Instagram and was scrolling and I'm like, Holy crap, there's that same Zaya dude. And he's like, got this 48 detailing business. And I, then I started like going on your profile and stalking. you. I was like, what, what did he change? Like what happened? And it, it seemed like so fast because so much can happen in such a little time. And I'm just curious if you could give me like an overview to also give me better context for these questions. Like yeah, where you were at then with Carnuba and where you're at now with like 48 and like how you started it. And you said you were a co-founder. Yeah. Um, I would just, yeah, if you could go over that real quick, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, of course. Uh, more than happy to, my man. So um, I moved from the Chicagoland area to Arizona about two and a half years ago. I started Carnuba Detailing um, January of 2019 as a mobile operation. I used to detail. I bought a, a 2010 white Chevy HHR with about 160K on the clock for about 2,500 bucks. And I decked that thing out, man. Like I made it like as as good as you can make a Chevy HHR on some mobile unit. I actually got videos on YouTube of it that you guys can check out. Um, and I started my mobile gig, you know, um, did that for about 10 to 11 months. And, you know, at that point, whether I felt like I was ready or not, I wanted to open up a shop location. I really believe that was the next step. Um, for me, it was more so the lost opportunity costs of not having a shop, um, the lost opportunity cost of, not having the motivation of increased overhead. That's something that people don't take into account. Yes, it's increased overhead to have a shop location, but you know what? When you have a $2,500 payment you got to make, when you have um, payroll that you have to take care of for employees, you know, it's going to get you off your ass and it's going to get you moving and doing the things that you need to do. Yeah. And I think when I was about a, almost a year into my mobile operation, I got super comfortable with myself, super comfortable with, you know, the money I was making you know, working solo, I felt as if, you know, even though the work was difficult, mobile in the sun here in Arizona, it wasn't challenging enough for me. So I went ahead and I, I got into my shop location, um, was Carnuba detailing in the shop for about 
uh, six to eight months right there. And I met um, my current partner, John. He owned Redline Detailing out of Peoria, which was another uh, uh, mobile, mobile detailing company. And, you know, we just got off on the right foot. He was military background. I was military background. He was a big picture guy. I was a big picture guy. And we stepped back and we realized, like, where do we want to take our companies? Where are we right now? Do we even really have anything at the end of the day? Because in the, in the grand scheme of things, when you think about it, you know, we, we, we look up to a lot of these detailers and these detailing companies and we think they got a great business. But you know what? It's, it's not really worth much. If an investor came in the scene, even us now, if an investor came in the scene, they looked at our business and our branding and, you know, what we have is capital and goodwill as a company, we're not really worth much, you know? We can get bought out like that if we wanted to, you know? So we sat back and we're like, let's be honest with each other. We don't have much when it comes to business and goodwill of company and branding and reputation and that type of thing, but let's build something together and build something together in the right fashion and right way. Because there's a difference between owning a business and it running you and owning a business and you running it. And that was our main focus. Our main focus for our first year, we started January 2021, um, me and John together and the new company was 48 Detail. We basically merged our companies, created a new brand, created a new company. Um, our goal is to not touch a car, period. Because as business owners, we shouldn't be touching cars. Not to say that we don't want to. We love detailing. It's a passion of ours, just like everybody else. But my priority, his priority is to build a business structure to hire other passionate individuals to do what they love, learn a new craft if that's what they want to do, and provide a value-oriented service to our community that continues to grow on top of itself over and over and over again. So we can have multiple shop locations so we can hire more people, so we can spread a quality service along the valley. Because at the end of the day, man, I'll, I'll be honest, like we've, we've worked with other companies in the past when it comes to PPF services and window tinting and this and that. And it's some of the worst experience ever, you know? And if we, we're thinking like, if this is how they treat us, I can't imagine how they treat a customer that's not paying the amount of money that we're paying to get this job done, you know? So um, we, we developed 48 Detailing, we're developing our process and procedures, and we're just trying to get it dialed in right now. It's not perfect. It's nowhere near perfect. It's not where we want to be. And we'll never be where we want to be because where we want to be is always the next step forward uh, from our competition, you yeah, know, yeah. but that's a perspective. Um, Carnuba Detailing was a start for me. Um, I hired my first two employees, um, two full-time employees at the time. Um, and then January of 2021, uh, me and John partnered up and we got, we got a shop manager now. We have two great technicians that do amazing work. And we're continually trying to change, uh, train them and get them to, to be better. And we're just developing the company, the company structure, the company branding, the company community online, um, and kind of taking it from there. So, Sweet, man. Well, yeah, I'm starting to take some notes now, too. Uh, and I really appreciate that background. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Just even from talking to you now and, like, from seeing you back then, I feel like we're so similar in ways um, and, like, mindset. And when you said, like, your goal is to not touch a car like that is exactly where I want to be like I don't I don't want to work in the business and have the business run me I want to run the business and you know actually build something more than um just something that uh you know some a business that's a real business that could in the end maybe be sold or looked at by someone and say okay here's actually a real business 
um, and something that's sustainable and like you could hand off to someone else and it could still run without you being there essentially exactly um, you know i mean there's so many guys there's so much sadly there's so much ego in in our industry you know we're, we're a very small tight-knit industry compared to a lot of others you know you don't see the ceo sony mingling with the ceo samsung during mte and sema and all this shit right but we're very we're a very ego driven community, and it's a shame most of the time because it doesn't lead to anything positive. But a lot of these guys seem to they seem to forget. You break a leg, your business is over. Yeah, you know, you you twist an ankle, you break an arm. You if you as a business owner is the only avenue of cash flow into the business, you're not a business. Okay, in the um, like. It's harsh. It's harsh at the end of the day, but it's the honest truth. If you're out because of COVID or you're out because, you know, you got injured or you just can't detail in some way, somehow your business is done. Cash flow is gone. You got no more money coming in. So is that really a business at the end of the day? Or are you just an employee to your own business? You know, but just like you said, you want your business to run in a fashion where cash is coming in, things are managed correctly, customer experience is top notch every single time without even you touching a thing on the business uh, during the operations, you know? And it goes back to it. It's like as business owners, like my main goal at the end of the day, a lifelong goal, and I know it's going to take a long time to get to, but is to make money as I'm sleeping and as yeah. I wake up. Take, exactly. take a vacation off and still be able to make money, make my reasonable salary or distribution, or whatever it is at the time, you know? But yeah, a lot of guys forget. I mean, you can make really good money doing this alone, you know, doing PPF and, you know, doing coatings and paint correction. You see a lot of these guys that call themselves the artists of, you know, detailing and um, boutiques and studios and all that stuff. But again, you, you, take, you take two weeks off, you're not making any money. You know, you get sick, you're not making any money. So in a legitimate business world, it's like, why would a company even create an offer for your business at the end of the day? They don't, they don't want to buy you. They want to buy your business, yeah. you know? And if you are the only way that business is making money, it's not worth much at the end of the day. You might be worth something as the individual because of your talents and your skills and stuff like that. But again, you're more so of an employee than a business owner at that moment in time. Yeah, that's such... Such a good point. And I feel that we both stemmed our detailing from passions. Like I know I did, did it on my own cars to start and developed a real passion and like wanted to get as good as I could possibly get on my own stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, why don't I turn this into a business and I can maybe make some money at it? Um, but now, like with what I've learned up to this point, it's like, okay, at the end of the day, I'm a business owner. Like I'm, I love detailing, but that's not how I define myself. Like I'm going to be a business owner and build a real business, not just go detail cars every day and have my business run me. So I really love that insight. And I think we're both on the same, same wavelength there yeah. um, with the business owner mindset and just where we want to be. It's all about assets. It's all about passive income. Exactly. The end goal is really to not have to go to work at all or not have to do anything if you don't want. Not that people like you or I will ever stop doing anything, but uh, like if you want to go take a vacation for a month or go out of the country or do something, you still need to be able to be making money passively. 
yeah. um, in a sense. Yeah, for sure. And you know, and another another key point, um, and Jason from Chicago Auto Pros mentions this a lot. He really does. And if if you guys don't watch Jason's videos or take a look at his business co related content with him and Greg, you you very much should, because those are two guys in the industry that you know, I, I, I really look up to and, and aspire to because of what they've done and what they're doing, but he puts it in a very simple format. He's not the only one that's put this out there. I mean, tons of business gurus and all those guys on YouTube talk about this, but you know, the, the cost of what you do as a business owner, right? For example, how much money are you bringing into the business? If you're washing a rim or washing a car, Put a dollar sign next to that. Yeah. How much money are you making typing an email to a customer? Put a dollar sign next to that. How much money do you bring into the company creating a quality marketing video for your ceramic coatings? Put a dollar sign next to that. Now, how much do you believe that you should get paid hourly as a business owner? Put a number on that. $100 an hour, $200 an hour, $300 an hour. That's all up to you at the end of the day. Now, anything underneath that hourly late rate, hire somebody to do it. Yeah. Hire somebody to do it. It's that simple because every time you do that one thing, you're losing money because you could be doing something else that's getting you paid your hourly rate or even more so rather than that, you know, yes. rather than washing a car, I could be on the phone with a deal at local dealership trying to strike a PPD, PPF or coding deal with them, you know, rather than talking to a customer in the lobby or typing up an email to a customer's question regarding a maintenance wash. I could be doing something else completely different that brings more revenue or creates more opportunity for the company. Yeah. And here's the thing, you as a business owner, it's your, your big picture for your business and what you want from it, what you want it to become. It's all in your head and nobody else's. I don't expect Francisco or, you know, Joanna or shop manager, Mark to be thinking about the things that I'm thinking about or thinking about the things that John thinks about, you know, that, that we expect that from ourselves. We drive where we want the business to go. And then we create the support system to lead and make sure everybody follows along with that as well. You know, like I'll be completely honest with you, Cody. Cody reached out to us, what, a month ago about this, right? Yep. About a month ago. Completely honest with you, man. The reason why we didn't do it during that time is because we had a lot of problems we had to solve. Yeah. And that same mentality of like, how much money is this podcast going to bring me into this company? Yeah. No offense, Cody. I value you as a person, as a part of our community. And that's why I'm here right now talking to you. But you know what? We're in a position in our company where, you know, this shit's fucked up. Yeah. We got to figure it out right here, right now. Our priorities have changed. Let's get this done before we do anything else. Of course. That's why, that's why I'm texting you or calling you a month later to do this podcast. But that's yeah. how business yeah. is. You know, one month, your priority might be making some awesome content for YouTube and driving your YouTube platform. But you know, what? something might come up, employee issues, payroll, whatever it is, you know, customer issues, priorities change, you shift it, you get it done, and then you set your priorities again. So, exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah, you're so right. And I feel like the more we talk, the more, uh, more questions are coming up. But also my previous questions are just like going out the window. Go for uh, it, bro. I will uh, reference some of those now, I guess, winding back a little bit. One that came up when you were talking about your partner, John. Um, so I guess like getting into a partnership, it's something I've thought about, not necessarily for my business, but other businesses. 
I guess, give me a little bit of what it was like. Um, I know you said you both owned detailing businesses prior and kind of joined and then started 48 detailing. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I always just get worried in the partnership mindset that I wouldn't find someone that'll work as hard as me or like do, I don't know, live up to their side of the things or at least that's what goes on in my head. I guess yeah. what was going through your head before you made the partnership or when you did it or how things are going now? Great question, my man. Um, you know, just to, just to answer something that you just mentioned is you might not find anybody that's going to work as hard as you. Yeah. It just might not happen. You know, that's something you got to deal with and live with. But if you believe that you need a partner to grow your business and keep it going, you're going to have to sacrifice that little bit of extra time and effort that you put into it. Right. It just, it is what it is. Now your partner might sacrifice financially for that aspect. Like, Hey, Cody, I understand you're staying here from six o'clock till five o'clock. You're grinding. I'm not able to put those hours in. So you get paid an extra $20,000 a year salary, extra $30,000 a year salary, rather than me get paid that, right? Or you get the distribution at the end of the year. Those are like, things need to be kept 50-50, right? Whether it be with time or finances, who gets subsidized for what? That's a decision that you guys have to make at the end of the day. Now, trying to find the right partner is a difficult process. I was lucky enough, man. I met John at a training that we were doing together with Detail Boss in Scottsdale, Arizona. And everything we were talking about just lined up so perfectly where we wanted, where our businesses were, where we wanted our businesses to be, the big picture that we had in mind for our businesses and the thought process we have behind it. And the second most important thing is, was we were both stable, stable people, stable individuals, like people under undermine and underestimate their, the fact that you need stability in life for a person in order to support you. You get what I'm saying? And, you know, I talk to John about this all the time. It's like our industry is so focused on the detailing and so focused on the the business and the money aspect and this and that we focus on the most important thing. The thing that if isn't, if it is an operational, if it's not good, if it's not healthy, none of that matters at the end of the day, the person, the business owner, the people that they're surrounded by, you know, you can't get into a partnership with somebody who doesn't even have their life or their shit together. You know, yeah. not to say that I have completely my life and my shit together, but financially I'm stable. You know, I don't got massive debt. I don't got, you know, devastating family issues that, that take away from me being at work and stuff like that. That's all stuff that you guys need to talk about and mention, you know, you are going to get a little bit into the family realm of things. Cause at the end of the day, we take work home, right? Sometimes. Well, home can come to work too. And you don't want that in reality. So stability between a partner and sitting down and not just talking about it, but putting it all on paper. Okay. That's something else. You have to come to agreement. Contracts need to be made, right? And it's easy to say what you want to do with your business or what you want to do with your life. But it's all fantasy until it gets put down on paper and you can actually show somebody or read it day by day by day. You know, that's why, I mean, I spent, I spent about $500 on this little electronic notepad over here. I can't do shit on this thing except write notes. That's it. That's all I can do on it, but it keeps me focused. And I write my notes and I look back to them all the time because 
I spent so much time thinking throughout my day and yeah. John spent so much time thinking throughout our day by the next day or two hours later, I forgot what we were fucking thinking about. Yeah. And we're like, God, damn, like that was a great idea. I need to get that yeah. done. No, I can't freaking do it anymore. Cause I don't remember. Yeah. You know, so get everything down on paper for the sake of your safety and well-being on your side of the business. So, you know, you don't get backstabbed by a partner or anything like that. Um, but also for the sake of actually getting things done and materializing your ambitions as, as the big picture thinker in your business and your organization. Okay. Let's see. What other tips can I give um, when it comes to partnership, man? Figure out each other's strengths and figure out each other's weaknesses. Yeah. That's a huge thing, you know? And when you get into the partnership and you start building momentum and you start getting things moving, figure out the strengths and figure out each other's weaknesses and figure out yours, your partner figures out his, and then you bounce back and try to figure out each other's because, you know, I might think I'm the best when it comes to, I don't know, customer service or sales, right? Well, turns out I'm not. John's way better than, than me at sales. I'll tell you that right now, but I'm amazing at customer experience and customer service. Yeah. You know, I got that dialed in, you know, John's amazing at putting my content and um, uh, my photos and videos into ad campaigns and posting them up on Google and Facebook. I suck at that stuff. Yeah. I just like taking the photos and editing the videos and making them look pretty. You know, that's my strength. Those are his strengths. Yep. So d d divvy that up between each other so you guys can get work done. For sure. Yeah, I yep. love that. Um, oh, I, that's a lot of good insight and I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Just quickly before we move on, what's the name of that electric uh, journal pad? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, my man. So it's called the Book Note 2, and it's spelled B-O-O-X Note 2. It's about $500. It's worth every single freaking penny because, again, I, I, I've always taken notes in the past, when I, but when I did, like I either lost my notebook or I can't fucking find it anymore or I fucking threw it out and this and that, you know, all these issues. So I just said, stop making excuses. I bought this thing. And I've been committed to it since then. It's really helpful. So, yeah, that's super cool. Cause I'm big about like journaling at the end of my day. So I don't forget. So I can look yeah. back and get gain insight, but also like I'm always putting notes down on my phone. But I'm a firm believer that there's something that happens when you put your pen to paper, um, like mind and body connection. And I feel like that's like nice because you can file it away and it's still it there, but it becomes a reality, dude. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey says it the best. If you guys don't keep up with Matthew McConaughey, uh, just like Cody, I'm really into podcasts and listening to educational videos and, you know, people that inspire me, but Matthew McConaughey puts, it's all a fantasy. If it's, if it's just in your head, it means absolutely yeah. nothing to you, to the people around you. It doesn't exist, but when you put it on paper or you type it down on a document, it becomes something. It, it, it is, it is a seed to what you're trying to grow at that point. You know, and I've always listened to podcasts all the time for the longest time. I never took notes, but when I started taking notes and I go back to them, it becomes a part of your life. It becomes a part of your life. You look back to these notes and you realize, oh, I might have not taken away from what I wrote down at that moment in time, but you know, the position I'm in in life right now, I can take away from that and I can apply it to what's going on, you know, and you can't do that if you just listen to a podcast. Yeah. You can't do that if you don't write down the notes. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I'm a big advocate for it and it for helps sure. out a lot. 
It really does. And it's like these little things that people don't focus on as a business owner and business that really takes away from your growth. You know, if you go about your day every day, forgetting stuff or not writing things down to motivate you to do better or complete a task or call a customer back, if you do that every day, that's all those missed opportunities accumulate at the end of the year to lost income or lost opportunity, you know? So it's like, just do it. Just make it happen, right? Make it happen. Stop trying to make it happen. That's, that's a great point. And honestly, man, just for anyone else that's listening, I'm going to get real honest here, but then we're going to, I'm going to ask you another question I had, but you talking about just like forgetting stuff, journaling and everything helps, but uh, for probably five or six years, like from high school, I smoked weed like every single day. Yeah. Um, just doing it with friends and recreationally and all that crap. And I enjoyed it for a good a season of my life, I would say. And part of me nowadays, especially running a business, um, like it was a battle in my head for a while. I was like, oh, I can still keep my business running just fine and like still smoke weed, do all this stuff. And then like, it was just this internal battle. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, I am not as sharp as I am, you know, so fully sober. And um, just for anyone else out there that may relate to that at all, like I, I now don't smoke weed at all. Um, and I'm so much sharper. I remember things along with journaling and taking notes. Like it's uh, yeah, just don't bullshit yourself. Get, get really honest. Like if you really want to build something like it was just this internal battle because my goals didn't align with my actions and it did not, it wasn't giving me the results I wanted. And now like just throwing that away and killing my old self, essentially. Yeah. I've, I've gotten places that I never would have imagined in the, such a short time frame, like getting the shop and doing all this stuff and making the most money I've ever made. Like it's, it's honestly ridiculous. And that's, that's a great thing, my man. And that right there is, is accountability at its finest. Realizing that, hey, you have this vice that's taking away from you, your goals, you know, affecting you mentally and physically. Yeah. And actually taking accountability for it and changing the game up. Yeah. You know? um, and I think we all have that. Some people might be drugs. Some people might be, um, some people might be people in their lives, you know, uh, yeah, I'll be completely honest. Uh, you know, I've had friends or girlfriends and relationships with significant others in the past that when I was with that person, my motivation, my confidence, my, um, my ambitions were lacking. When that person left, that drive came back, yeah. you know? So you really need to take accountability for what's going on in your life. And it's a very brave thing for you to actually do that, especially go against the grain and go against the curve of everybody else. You know, there's nothing wrong with smoking weed. I don't care. You do what you want at the end of the day. But if you realize that it's affecting you negatively and you actually go against that and fix it and try to address that issue, that's, that's a great thing, man. And it tells yeah. a lot about somebody's character, especially when that vice or that thing is actually giving you enjoyment in a way and you take that away from your life. It's a good thing, man. It really is. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's just something you got to do. And every, yeah, like you said, everyone has their own shit. Yeah. Uh, everyone does, man. But I guess uh, the one thing you had briefly touched on earlier is training. And obviously I see a lot of uh, uh, certifications. I believe those are behind you on the wall. Oh, yeah, those things. Yeah. Forget about those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Um, so from, from your aspect, like what, 
I know you have gone to a lot of pers- uh, professional trainings and paid trainings. Um, do you, have you found value in them? Do you find that they are essential? Do you think you could, uh, I guess, be where you're at now in a business standpoint without those? And so give me some insight on that. And then I guess if, if that answer would be yes, which I, I may think it is, what would you recommend as far as some of the trainings? Okay. No, great question, my man. Um, I'm gonna put it this way. Every experience you have during your journey of business and entrepreneurship and life in general is essential. Yeah. Okay. Every experience you have with people, whether it be with training, um, whether it be with mentors and coaches, they're all essential. Now, there is a lot of, of, of training going on nowadays. Uh, we, we are trainers now for Dr. Beasley's, you know, but here's, here's the difference between what we're doing and, and what a lot of those other trainers are doing is that we're not coming from a place of we've built an extremely successful business and, you know, we want to make sure that you do too. These are our top five secrets or top 10 secrets on how to make this thing happen, right? Like, no, that doesn't exist, right? We're coming from the position of, hey, there's this product line we really love. We think it's amazing. It's helped us out a lot. It's changed up the game in our shop and gave us better results and better efficiency. We want to make sure we teach you what we know, you know? And within that, we sprinkle a little bit of business, a little bit of entrepreneurship, a little bit of social media of what we know works for us, you know, but we're never going to say, hey, join our training, increase your profitability by 500%. Yeah. Join our training, become a millionaire by next week. Like, no, we don't do that. We're like, hey, go to our training. You're going to learn how to use our products. And I bet you're going to enjoy it and stick with it for the long run. Yeah. You know? um, so training, I've been to a few, I've been to, um, Rennie's training, the double black training. I've been to gloss university. I've been to a lot of them and you take away little by little from each one of these, but you also, you also learn what you don't want to apply to your business. You know, you also learn what you don't want to apply to your characteristics as a human being, you know? So I recommend to go to trainings, actually go to a lot of trainings, because again, all those experiences, you're going to take from what you want, and then you're not going to take from what you don't want. And that's going to improve you little by little. You're going to see how other people's process and procedures are and SOPs are compared to other people's. And you're going to give and take from each one of those and apply it to your own. So yeah, I do recommend trainings. Um, but the th- main thing, my man, the main thing, I don't care how much trainings you go to, if you don't put the knowledge and education to practice, you're not going to get anywhere. Okay. And another thing, question everything, question everything, you know, I, I, you know, I even questioned some of the stuff that Dr. Beasley's comes out with once in a while, because if you're not questioning stuff, you're not really um, trying to learn what they're talking about, the methods, the products, the tools, question everything. You know, when somebody tells you, oh, this product is the best product for this and that, why? Yeah. Why? Why is it the best? Show me the results you know, show me. And, you know, sometimes they can't, you know, they just can't, they just say it because they can say it. And most people aren't going to try to fucking prove them wrong. Yeah. But you know, when you're in an industry where 80% of the products out there are just relabeled and pre-bottled blended crap, you know, that isn't really true products as everybody say they are, it's just the same fucking BMB blender 
um, as everybody else is using, um, you know, you want to make sure you cut through the BS and actually see the transparency with some corporations, some companies. And yeah. I'm not saying every single company is like that, but there are a lot of awesome, genuine companies that actually make their products that actually develop trainings to support their technicians and make sure that they're successful, you know, and those are the companies you want to look for. Definitely, man. Yeah. I recommend, I recommend, um, uh, Rennie's training. He's okay. very business focused, uh, very heavy on the entrepreneurial aspect. Um, you go over the PNS line, the double black line. There's still products that we use here at the shop today that yeah. work really well. And we don't see replacing anytime, anytime further, uh, gloss university. Now gloss university is a very, very craft oriented training, like really focuses on the correction, the sanding, the actual craft of detailing. Yeah, you know, there's benefits I, along that too, because go, going back to, um, what I was saying is that, do you really want to be that one person that spends 40 hours on one car? Is that how, where you're going to take your business? you know, but you can take away from those people, take away their secrets, take away their, the skills that they've learned over the years, spending that type of time and that type of work on those type of cars, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you talked about that. I, yeah. What's his name that started that? I just met him the other day on a, on a zoom thing that I get on, on Wednesday. Jason called, Kilmer. Yep. Jason Kilmer. I was talking yeah. to him and Sandman. Yeah, yeah. The Sandman. He said he was, uh, he spent hundreds of hours on single cars and that's a hundred percent not what I want to be doing, but yeah, uh, dude, it's 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 almost batshit crazy, man. Like yeah. I got mad respect for the people that do it, but I am not doing that. Um, Nor do I want my technicians to go through doing that. No, nope, you, know? you got to really be almost on the edge of insanity to, in my opinion, want to spend that much time on a car. Even if I'm like spending more than ten hours doing correction, I'm like, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> but going back to it, my man, the 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 greatest individuals and the most inspiring are typically the most insane. Yes, you know, 100%. that's completely normal. Um, but I'm not I'm not trying to build myself up. I'm trying to build a company up. You know, exactly. That's my main focus. So, um, but yeah, Jason was talking about Gloss University and, uh. Yeah, seems like a really cool dude. Very inspiring story and kind of what he's done and his uh, attention to detail and all that. I definitely admire it and know I could never do what he does. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, I appreciate that. I will look more into those. Uh, one thing you said that will lead us to the next question would be standard operating procedures. Uh, do you have standard operating procedures in your business and especially like with hiring employees is that something you wrote up uh like before you even hired your first employee and if so what what was the process like writing those up and i guess yeah. go ahead um me... great question yeah we we actually just finalized our sops and it's everything from uh customer acquisition sales customer experience um the actual shop procedures shop cleanup and maintenance and um all that stuff and yeah man we we got them you need them you you really do it's going to take time to develop them obviously um but get them down on paper. Cause when you start getting employees, it's something for them to go back to. And it's so important at the end of the day, because that's your system. It's yeah. literally your system. You know, it's like, it's like, imagine like as a motherboard to your, your, your desktop computer, you need it. You know, it's, it's gotta be in place for everything else to work and work efficiently, you know? And then when you, you know, 
when something happens, you can pinpoint where things were deviated from, from the systems and procedures. And you can go back to that employee or that technician and be like, listen, you didn't do this. And that's why this happened. That's why we got a four-star review rather than a five-star. You missed a spot. But yeah. that's because you didn't do this part of the procedure, right? So that's kind of like what you look back to. But yeah, man, it's super important. Super important. I think every corporation, um, you know, has a system of procedures and structures that everybody needs to follow in every single position and aspect of the company, whether you're a technician, whether you're a manager, whether you're the business owner and CEO, there's a system of procedures that you have to follow to make sure that everything operates like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Was that... Uh, was that something that you and John sat down and like did together along the yes. way? Yes. So I developed the customer experience, um, the phone sales, um, pretty much anything that has dealing with the customer at the end of the day, that whole systems and procedures. Um, I developed uh, also the maintenance of the building maintenance, you know, making sure everything is looking clean, making sure everything is filled up, coffee, uh, fridge, all that stuff, you know. And Cody, if you could just give me one minute, my man, I'll be right back with you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, my man. All right, my man, I'm back. Cool. So yeah, we both we both split the SOPs um, between each other and uh, we tackled it that way. So kind of 50-50, again, focus on our strengths and we developed SOPs for each one of those. Yeah, it's well, that's good. I'm sure that helped things out. It just seems like such a daunting uh, um, hurdle or like thing. Obviously, everything's in my head with me just being the, single owner and operator right now but um yeah i've heard people stress how important that is uh like um i ivan lacroix and uh he has a good series on youtube called the detailers business academy yep. if you've ever watched that at all uh, nope. a lot of good <laughs> a lot of good business oriented content on there do you know who ivan is I do know who Ivan is. I've met Ivan in person. Uh, we spoke a little bit. I've actually, I got a video with him on my YouTube channel during SEMA talking about the Udos. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really focus too much um, on a lot of his content. So yeah, um, I just found a lot of like business sided education in that. Like he doesn't teach really anything about detailing. It's in this series or whatever. Um, it's literally just for operating your business. And the one yeah. episode, he was really stressing standard operating procedures. And I see the value in it. It's just like, seems like such an overwhelming task um, mm -hmm. to work on, but I know it's just a little at a time and then it'll be done. And it's yeah. like, okay, then you can easily just hand that to a new hire or something and get them started and then teach them along the way a little bit more. Yeah. Thank you for waiting, my man. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Yeah, we, we got all the cars done for today. And um, customers was curious about, I forgot to call a couple of them prior to um, starting the podcast for pickup. So. All right, man. Got to do yeah. what you got to do. All right. Hit me, hit me with the next one, my man. All right. Coming at you. Uh, Coming at me hot. Geez. Uh, so we were talking about standard operating procedures. Um, yep. And yeah, that's super important. Definitely need to do that. I guess one, one good one, it was funny. I was listening to another podcast today and I wrote this question a month and a half ago, but it was like the same iteration of the same thing, just meant to be, everything happens for a reason. So uh, Zayo, from an outside point of view, um, especially from seeing you where you were a few years ago, like your growth now, I know it's so easy to like see people on social media and be like, oh my gosh, like I wish I was there. I wish I was doing that or that's so nice. 
And in reality, people are just ordinary people like you and I, and likely every, they have bad days too, and likely are still going through the shit, just like um, individuals like ourselves may feel in the day to day. But from an outside point of view, you, it seems like from your looking at your social media and talking to you, um, you're at exactly where I would like to be at in the near future. Um, so with that being said, uh, I'm sure you, as you said earlier, you don't feel that you're at where you want to be and we all want to grow, but, uh, from where you're at right now, what do you say, what would you say the pros and cons are of being at where you're, where you're currently at with running a shop, having a partner in business and, you know, managing employees and just the whole, whole business, uh, from, you know, from a bird's eye view. That great question, my man. I would say stress and responsibility because, you know, as, as a business owner, like we spoke about, you have the responsibility of making sure you develop the proper systems and procedures that you develop the proper atmosphere for employees to work in. Like these are all responsibilities, but it all comes with stress, you know? And, you know, it's at a point where sometimes, you know, you have a frustrating week or a frustrating month and you step back, you're like, forget this, man, forget this. Like I could do this solo and make five times the amount I'm making right now. But then you got to step back and remember why we, you, you started what you started to begin with. You know, like I said, me and John want to build a business. I don't want to be detailing for the rest of my life, nor does he. So yeah. if that's really what we want, we need to continue the path that we're setting for ourselves because we are, we are taking the right path, but, and you're going to hit potholes along the road. Yeah. That's completely fine. But you hit a pothole. It doesn't mean you got to rewind and step back and go in reverse and drive all the way back down the path. No, you just got to keep going forward. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest thing is the responsibility and, and stress at this point where you're kind of like in limbo mode where you're like almost there, but shit still sucks to the point where it's like you want to quit and fall back again, you know, rather than having employees and all this payroll and insurance costs and taxes they have to deal with. I'll just go solo again and do it myself. You know, and you hear that with a lot of guys are like, oh, I used to have employees and now I do it myself. You know, yeah. like, why and would you do that? It's funny enough, because even my dad, like both my parents are sole proprietors, essentially, or don't really have employees. And my dad is there. He's very positive in a sense. But when anytime I bring up employees, he's always like, oh, you could just do it yourself and and make plenty of money. He's 63 years old and owns his own business. And it's just him. And he talks about how much his body aches all the time. And he, I keep telling him, like, if you get hurt or you can't go work, like your money stops, like you have no more money coming in Yeah. and he doesn't get it. Um, but yeah, that was a great point. Would you say, so you said stress and responsibility, would you say that's a con? No, not, not at all. I wouldn't say it's a con. I would say it's just the way you per, the perspective you take it at, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, Gary V has always said, I'm jealous of the people that have struggle and pain in their life. You know, yeah. it's like, cause those are the people that are going to drive themselves to get out of that position in life. Yeah. Do I want to be stressed the rest of my career as a business owner. No. Will there be stress involved? Yes. At all times. And people think like, as you go down this path of success or go down the path of business and entrepreneurship, that it, your hardships and stress and all that stuff just disappears as you make more money. No, 
they get worse. Yeah, it's just the way that you handle it on a day-to-day -day basis strengthens as an individual, you yeah. know? Like I can handle shit now better than I could handle it a month ago or a month before that or when I started the company. Yeah. You know? So that's just something you got to learn and something you got to get used to. And you have to accept that fact. You have to accept the fact for the rest of your life, this is what you want to do. The stress and responsibility will always be hovering along your shoulders at all yeah. times, every single day, you know? And that's something you got to learn to take home with you. For sure. So, yeah. So by the sounds of it, would you say that's a pro in a way? I mean, I know it's how you look at it, but would yeah, you say- Yeah, I would say, I would say it's a pro. I would say it's a pro. It's, okay. it's responsibility at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, I like that because you're right. It's never really going to go away. Uh, you just got to learn how to manage it and get better at doing, not even managing it, but just conquering it and that's, moving past it. That's part of it, man. That's part of it. We, we, we have a lot of idols. We have a lot of people that we look up to in business and stuff like that. It'll, how, how, and you look up to them and you just think they just got there. No, they didn't, yeah. they didn't get pushed out of their mama's stomach and all of a sudden they're freaking <laughs> billionaires or these super confidence that no. You know, they're insecure, unconfident individuals with no money at, at one time that had an idea and failed and got up, failed and got up, failed and got up, failed and got up, and then got to the point where they are right now, you know, yeah, we didn't see gradual. that. We, we didn't see the part of, you know, um, that super successful, handsome person, you know, we didn't see the part where he got rejected by 50 girls throughout his life, you know, and yeah. he, all that stuff. We didn't see um, Andy Frisella in his 2002 Toyota Corolla sleeping in his room and in his fucking office, you know, when he was trying to build a supplement company, we don't see that, you know, we yes, just see the totally success right. on the surface. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Couldn't be more right. And I guess, uh, one other one is, um, so you have employees of course, and, uh, that's, I guess, in my head, a daunting hurdle to get past as far as hiring my first employee. But I know it's just one of those things that I'll have to do and learn along the way. But um, as far as uh, kind of take it in order here, once you hire someone, do you guys train them yourselves? And yes, we do. The only thing the only thing we don't train our technicians on ourselves are things such as PPF. Um, reason being, because we're not PPF. Like, we know PPF, we're, we're starting to get into PPF. It's not, so, yeah. it's not um, a skill that we've mastered at this point, you know, and we're completely honest about that. It's something that we're trying to master. It's going to take time, a lot of time, but we're putting, we're putting the proper finances and energy towards mastery. But until then we have individuals in our area that help us out and guide our technicians to make sure we get the results and the spec that we're looking for from the jobs that we complete with PPF. Okay, cool. That's kind of what I figured. Um, yeah. And I think I'd be the same way once it comes to that point. But uh, with with that, what are uh, you can give me three or you can give me less or more. It's up to you. What are some ways that you uh, you guys create a good team culture? That's something I really want to cultivate once once I grow a team and I'm just building uh, something like Andy Priscilla talks about. You know, uh, it's you you got to be a leader for sure, but you got to treat people right. And Gary V talks about it as well. Like, yeah, you work for them essentially and not, they work for you kind of, kind of ordeal. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, like, this is a question I'm gonna try to answer. I'm gonna put it straight up. There. This is a learning experience for me, 
you know, yeah. all this is a learning experience for me. I want to say this, this comes, this all comes from a place of intuition, not necessarily expertise. Yeah. You know, I want to put that out there. Cause I know maybe some people are going to watch this and they think like, Oh, I know. I like, no, I don't know. I don't know crap at the end of the day. It's just what I know personally from experience, you of know, course. um, it, it all starts with you and what, you, what type of personality and what type of vibes you bring to the table. You know, it really, really does. And you re your emotions and your tendencies throughout the workday are really going to affect your employees. You know, you got to strike a balance between dis discipline and confidence, but also making sure that you are almost loving in a way and respect respectful of why they're there. You know, uh, your employees are not just employees, they're part of the team, you know, yeah. and you want to grow the company as one not just on the back of your team or your employees. So that's why even though our me and John's goal is not to touch a car, you know, you still find us working on cars when they need to be worked on to help out the team. Yeah. You know? Um, and again, I'm not an expert when it comes to this. It's actually something, this is one of our priorities right now. Remember we're talking about priorities. It's one of our prior priorities um, that we're trying to figure out is our, our team environment, our team structure, and making sure that the environment that they're working in is a comfortable, motivational, but driven place as well. Okay. Yeah. This isn't Google. You don't have a slide to jump down on and relax on the lounge. No, we're going to get work done here. Um, and the way me and John are programmed, both with military backgrounds, we have certain expectations and we want discipline in place, but at the same time, we're not going to run this place like the military, you know? Yeah. So there's gotta be a balance to it, sure. I guess. I like that. Uh, so. Definitely good insight there on when it comes time for me to do that. And I feel that a lot of it falls on core values and like your beliefs. And like you said, it all starts with you. So that's um, for sure good stuff to keep in mind. And with your team members, I don't know how long you've had any of them with you for, uh, but I guess what's your turnover rate been like and how do you incentivize people to stay with you for the long haul? Um, yeah. So again, we've all, excuse me real quick, my man. Yep. We'll come Hello, back. this is AO from 48 Detailing. How can I help you? For the first. Okay, Frank, is there a specific time you want to make that appointment? We can, yeah, morning would be nicer. It'd be a bit cooler. I can get your schedule right around nine o'clock if that works. Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll get that scheduled for you, Frank. See you then. Yep. Bye-bye. I'm sorry, man. What was the question? <laughs> Just saying it, the man in action there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Make a note so you don't forget. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think employees turnover rate. So we've yeah. been through two technicians so far okay. um, that haven't stuck with us. Um, and one left because he wanted to start his own thing. And the other one was terminated because of, um, just not showing up to be honest with you. Okay. So like there wasn't really, there was no real challenge for us when it comes to those two, because it's like, they made their decision already. One wanted to leave to start their own thing. The other one just didn't want to fucking show up to work, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's what that is, you know? Um, but Francisco has been with us since my days of Carnuba detailing. He was actually one of our first guys that we hired. Um, Joanna is actually our newest technician. And then um, Mark has been a good friend of mine since I moved to Arizona. And for the longest time, I wanted him to be part of our team. And 
we decided to make a salary investment in him and, you know, went from there and it's going great. And we have a guy full of knowledge and passion towards what we do. And he does a great job doing it. So we paid a little extra money for somebody who's already knows what he's doing and has a skill set that we're looking for. So, okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, is there anything you can give as far as insight to the hiring process? Yeah. I mean, do your vetting. Don't jump on the first thing that you see, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, make sure you vet, look up social media, look up Facebook, call some references. Um, to be honest with you, sometimes you get to a point as a, as a business owner and you need the help, you just jump on whatever you can get and that's fine, but you'll find that, you know, you run into issues later down the line if you haven't vetted correctly, yeah. you know, it might've saved you temporarily to help you out with some, with a couple of months of just a lot of work coming in. But in the long run, you invest a lot of time and money into people. And yeah. especially where we are right now in the industry, people are willing to pay for the knowledge and education we provide. Um, and I don't want to just be giving that out to anybody. And then they end up doing their own thing. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You can go do your own thing. I don't hold you here against your will. You came here uh, by your own choice and desire. You can leave by your own choice and desire. That's perfectly yeah. fine. But if I can minimize the turnover the best I can, I'm going to do it, you know? Um, so with that in mind, um, you know, we, we, we try to drive our employees to learning new crafts and learning new things, you know, all training that they want to go to, we pay for, you know, we get every tool, every product that's needed or they want, we typically take care of, you know, as long as it's within line of our systems and procedures, you know, yeah. um, we, we, our, the environment like AC is a big investment that we're trying to make in the shop. We really yeah. want AC in the shop because I know how hot it gets back there in the middle of summer in Arizona. So that's a huge investment that we're looking into. And we want to get it done by, by next season, summer. So our, our guys and girls don't have to deal with that type of heat anymore. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, something I'm blessed the shop I just got has is AC. That's good, man. Um, that's good. Yeah. How about this, my man? One, one last question. Um, I know I got customers coming by in a few minutes, probably pick up yep. their cars and I want to yeah, make sure everything goes smoothly with the checkout. So uh, definitely. I appreciate your time thus far. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess what's, uh, what's, what's the best investment you think you've made in, uh, be it business or personally and why? Ooh, that's, that's a good last question right there. Best investment I've made personally or business wise. Could be anything. Could be something super small or super big. You know, I think I think the best investment is the use of the word no. Okay. Okay. And yeah, and hear hear me out on this. Um, I think personally, uh, also again, it, it starts with us as people, right? If if the person can't even support himself, how are you going to be expected to support your business or your employees? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Saying no, saying no to the wrong people in life, uh, saying no to the wrong things in life throughout your day and saying yes to things that keep you on track and keep you more disciplined, you know, yeah. taking care of your body, taking care of your health, taking care of your mental well-being. You know, we all go through shit. Okay. And I don't care how, how, how much people want to lie about not having problems throughout the day or throughout the week or month, it affects us on a daily basis, you know? 
and saying no to those thoughts and saying no to those things that bring negativity throughout your life, probably the best thing that I've done throughout all of this. Okay. You know? And again, it all starts with you as a person. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. It all starts with you as a person. I know I kind of, we're getting into that like softy, softy stuff, but a lot of these guys, um, you know, out there right now that are chest up and, you know, trying to fucking show off their ego and this and that, those are the, those are some of the most insecure, unconfident yeah. people that put all of their energy into whether it be the image of their business or their finances to make up for that. But when you take all of that, when you pull all that to the side, when you take that business, when you take the money, when you take the nice car, when you take that, that reputation that they have in the, in the, in the industry, you know, you realize there's really not much there yep. as a person. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. invest in yourself, invest in yourself because you can't do good for others without doing great for yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. You got to be selfish before you can be selfless. Yeah, um, exactly. And you can pour uh, from a cup that's empty and stop exactly. pouring, a, stop pouring in cups with holes and leaks in them, you know, <laughs> and that goes with everything. It goes with business advice that goes with, uh, I'm not going to talk to someone that's not going to appreciate you know, the, what I'm putting down when it comes to advice, I'm not going to spend time with somebody in my personal life. That's not going to be thankful for the time I give into them and or not give anything back. You know, these are all these little things that accumulate to, you know, your mental stamina throughout the day that accumulate to your, um, your anxiety and your stress throughout the day, you know? Yeah. So the, uh, the use of the word, no, that's, that's great. And yeah, something I'll no. recently from a book real quick, just to end it for everyone out there listening. Uh, the more you say yes to certain things, even if it's the wrong things, uh, if you don't like saying no, you're inadvertently saying no to other things. So if you say yes to smoking weed, you're saying no to maybe building your business as efficiently as you could or really anything. You're you're always saying no to something if you're saying yes to something and vice yeah. versa. Um, so true, so, my man. So true. Yeah. So and so such well applied um, quote right there to, to towards what we're talking about. Yeah, thought it might end it good and uh, yeah. just trying to bring some value to anyone else listening to this. I know I've gained a ton of value from this and I appreciate your time, bro. It was a pleasure. Thank you uh, for your time, man. It goes yeah. it goes both ways. You know, this is a learning experience for me. Um, I'm, I'm a fresh entrepreneur. I've only been doing this for two, yeah. three years. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing in the grand scheme of things. I'm not, yeah. you know, there's, there's legitimate veterans out there that, you know, we look up to and, you know, aspire to be like and, um, but it's nice to sit down and talk to somebody and go over whatever ideas or whatever brainstorms storming that you have in your head and talk what works for us, what doesn't work and, you know, bounce back off of each other. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, I hope we can do this again in the future. Maybe just yep, take yep. a little bit more. Cool, my man. No, this was a great, this was really nice. Um, thank you guys for joining. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe and like button. If you're watching this on YouTube and if you're on Spotify or iTunes, go ahead and you know follow us and leave us a review. Tell us what you think, what we can improve and do better next time. Uh, Cody, I wish you the best of luck, my man. You got some super exciting times. I remember when I opened up my shop and I had to get all that shit done that you're talking about on your live stream. Yeah. God damn, it's a pain in the ass. Um, but you know, you're going to get it done and you're going to move forward and you're going to, you're going to be really proud about what you're going to build. You yeah. really, really are. And don't, don't be afraid to take risks, calculated risks. Um, we're still doing it right now. We're learning from our mistakes and failures. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited for you, man. It's going to be great. Dude, I appreciate it. I'll keep you updated. Cool, my man. Awesome. Everyone have a great one. Thank you. 
Isn't that a great way to end the podcast? I just love how the end of that podcast turned out. I mean, I was super surprised. That was not prepped. I'm surprised that Cody had a quote from a book pretty much relating exactly to what we were already talking about for our last question. And a super important takeaway, guys, is that the power of no is very strong. You, you gotta say no to some people in your life, you gotta say no to some customers, and no to opportunities as well. Not every opportunity is gonna benefit you personally, is gonna benefit your company, and, and maybe if you have employees, benefit your employees. So you gotta know when to say yes, and you gotta know when to say no as well as a business owner. I really hope you guys learned something new. Maybe learned something new about me, our business, learned something new about Cody. If you haven't already, make sure to follow Cody. I'll leave all of his social media links and contact information in the description below. And also follow us at 48Detailing Co. on Instagram, where we post a lot more educational and business-focused content. Um, and if you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe and like button, and also leave us a review on iTunes if you ever get a chance as well. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate your support, and we'll talk soon.